outside on my, uh, in, in my backyard and watched the birds as I read the Bible and thought about gratitude. And so that's pretty awesome, right? Uh, that's like a Hallmark card or something like that. It was, uh, that was a good, good morning for me. And so I studied about gratitude and I uh, read a little bit of J.R.R. Tolkien this morning uh, before coming to church. And so I'm flying high, doing well. My football team won yesterday. Charles's football team won yesterday in a big way. And uh, so uh, for, for some of us anyway, life is really good. And we are going to be talking about gratitude this whole month. This is a month for us to think about being thankful, being grateful, and having that type of mindfulness about uh, gratitude. And so we're going to be looking at this. Primarily, Ryan Irby and I are going to be sharing off uh, the, the teaching of this topic. And I want to begin by thanking Ryan Irby because he turned me on to this professor, Robert Emmons. I think I said his name right who is a specialist in this area, does a, has done a lot of research about gratitude, and I'll be sharing a little bit about that, but I'm going to let him share mostly about it because he studied more about it than I have. We'll be primarily looking at the Bible and seeing what the Bible has to say on this topic. And so, can we just go back a slide? Because I, there we go. G.K. Chesterton, who was an author and a theologian, said, I would maintain that thanks are the highest form of thought and that gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. And so uh, just the, the attitude of gratitude is something that can really fulfill us in our lives. We have a banner in the back that Kelly has been nice enough to put up back there. I would ask you just to write down your thoughts about what you're grateful for. And there's actually power in that. We'll probably be looking at some studies that show some of the power in just naming what we are grateful for. But Dr. Emmons, one, one of the things that he does is he defines gratitude, and he says it in this way, that the power, and, and this is from uh, a video that he did, actually an article that he did called The Power of Gratitude. He says that first, gratitude is an affirmation of the goodness of life. That life is good, not perfect, but good. And then second, when we are grateful, we figure out the source of the, where the goodness comes from. We acknowledge the source of the goodness that it comes from outside of ourselves. And of course, as Christians, we, we trust in the goodness of God. And we believe that God is a benevolent God and that God is a good God and he's given us many, many precious gifts. And so we name the gifts that God has given us, gifts like Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the church, the relationships that we have, the word of God, and all these things help us to be more grateful. I have a really good friend named Greg Moretzky, and uh, Greg is in the ministry out in, uh, in California, um, in Antelope Valley, just above LA. And uh, Greg is one of the most educated people I know. He has uh, one doctorate, he's working on a second doctorate, he's got, I believe, three master's degrees, and uh, so he just keeps going back to school and studying and studying and studying. Um, I had the opportunity of um, having Greg help me uh, in, with my grief over the last uh, year and a half, and he's been amazing, uh, literally calling me up and saying, Steve, can I help you? And then just calling me every day at the beginning of um, uh, right after we lost Daniel, and then just continuing on, and, and now we talk 
usually every week, and he does the calling. He just is, he just, um, is, is an awesome friend to have. Uh, he came to Philadelphia a couple of weeks ago with some other people from a school where I teach, uh, and there was a meeting there, and so I went down to meet him. And I, you know, I, as W.C. Fields once said, um, I spent a year in Philadelphia one day. <laughs> Think about it, okay? Um, and, uh, but, but I went, I don't know, I haven't ever really been to downtown Philadelphia, uh, except that Greg was there, and I went down to see Greg. And we had dinner together, and after dinner we talked for a few hours before I had to drive back home. And uh, I began to talk to Greg about why he's so grateful. And this is something that I've just been asking people over the last um, few weeks. Why are you, why are you so grateful? Because um, Greg is the kind of person that he's just not judgmental. He's very positive. He's not negative. And I just said, you know, Greg, what is it? What is it that keeps you so positive, so happy, um, so non-judgmental? I mean, I know you got stuff going on in your life, but why? Why? How can you be this way? And he said to me, Steve, I've been given so much grace in my life that I need, feel the need to give grace to others. So he recognizes the grace of God. And I love that sentiment, and it's the sentiment of Paul. I think when I look at the biblical writers, there's probably no other writer of the Bible that's more full of gratitude than Paul. In fact, many of the verses that we're going to look at over the next few weeks are going to come from Paul's writings because Paul knew that he was saved by grace and that he did not deserve salvation. And he appreciated Jesus so much. And really, it was when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus that his life changed. And he gave all the credit to Jesus and took none of the credit of change um, on himself. And that is a recipe for gratitude. This idea of receiving and giving grace is a foundational principle for gratitude. And so I want to begin this study of gratitude by asking a question that I've actually sent out to a lot of people for them to answer and gotten many answers, but it's the question of why. Very simply put, why gratitude? Not what are you grateful for, because that gets asked a lot at this time of year especially at Thanksgiving, you know, we'll go around the table, tell me some things that you're grateful for. And honestly, there's nothing wrong with that question. It's a good question. Dr. Emmons, even in his discussion, talks about if you'll do that for um, two weeks, you'll become a more grateful person. He even says it by 20%. <laughs> he even measured it out by 20%. And there, I was reading this other article where this woman said, I'm going to test that. I mean, you know, the cynical type of person, I'm going to test it. I'm going to, does this happiness stuff really work? Does this gratitude stuff really work? And she called a, a, a psychologist who also happened to be a researcher in Miami. And she said, does it really work? I doubt if it does. He says, I tell you what, you sit down at night and you think about being grateful for 15 minutes and you just list the things that you're grateful for and you meditate on it. And he says, if you aren't more grateful after two weeks, I will eat my hat. <laughs> this is what he told her, I will eat my hat. And in this article, she said, I called him up after two weeks and said, you don't have to eat your hat. They're just thinking more about 
what to be grateful for helped her and uh, lifted her. And then, um, but I want us to think kind of behind that question, and that is why gratitude? Why are we grateful? And sometimes the what and the why can be the same thing. What are we grateful for is actually a reason why we are grateful. But they are a little bit of different questions. Why is the question of intrinsic motivation? Why am I doing something? I do it because inside of me, I feel like whatever. There's this reason for doing this. That is the motivation of the heart. And uh, sometimes the what can be more situational, whereas the why can be less situational or circumstantial. It can be more foundational. And so what I did as I was beginning the study about two weeks ago, uh, maybe a little longer than that, I wrote an email to, and I sent it out to 60 different people. And I just asked this question. I said, why gratitude? Not what you're grateful for, but why? And then I posted it on Facebook as well. And um, I have gotten about 40 responses by email and 103 so far by Facebook. And they're really great responses and all of them are a little bit different. Um, but most of my friends and these, these uh, 60 and my Facebook friends, they tend to be people that are spiritual people because they come from the church and they come from um, just years of us being together in and around the church. And the 60 that I sent it out to, many of them are actually scholars. And so they have studied deeply and I got some amazing responses from both Facebook and from my email. And I'll be sharing some of those over the next uh, few weeks as well. Um, but I wanted us today to start with thinking about that question. C.S. Lewis, who is a British author and literary scholar, taught at Oxford, and you might know him as the author of uh, Narnia, the Narnia books. Um, but he wrote this, gratitude looks to the past and love to the present. Fear, avarice, lust, and ambition look ahead. But gratitude is based on something that has occurred, something in our past that has occurred, that has helped us out, and that we can be grateful for. And so as I um, started getting answers to this question, why gratitude? Uh, one of my friends, who is a, uh, he's actually a retired professor from um, uh, Oklahoma Christian University. Yeah, o OCU, Oklahoma Christian University. His name's Dudley Chauncey. Um, he actually also, he graduated with a PhD from the University of Tennessee. So he's a volunteer fan. He's a University of Tennessee fan. And so I like him extra because of that. Uh, but he's a good friend. And he actually, he wrote me back and he said, Steve, uh, instead of me just writing a little something, here are three lectures from a guy named Dr. Randy Harris. Listen to them. And I know Dr. Harris. He actually is a retired professor from Abilene Christian University. And Dr. Harris, I started listening to these um, lectures that he gave about gratitude. And they were so informative, but also they were inspiring. And I learned a great deal from listening uh, to, to Dr. Harris. Um, Dr. Harris, he began his lecture by saying, I could talk to you about a lot of different things, but for me, the beginning and end of gratitude for me is Jesus. 
And he had me there, you know. <laughs> like, oh, we're speaking the same language. Because that's the beginning and end of gratitude for me also. It begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus. He said, that's always my start and my end point. And I know for me, I love God the Father. God the Father, I think of him as a creator, sustainer of life, as a giver. I love the Holy Spirit, and I'm getting closer and closer to the Holy Spirit um, the, the, the longer I live. And I think of the Holy Spirit as my comforter and my guide, and just this, this person in my life that nudges me along spiritually when I need that nudging. Um, but I also think of Jesus because Jesus is my Savior, and Jesus is my Redeemer, and Jesus is my example, and also Jesus is my friend, and Jesus is my older brother. And I think it's because of the humanity of Jesus that I can just relate to him so uh, readily. So why am I grateful? Um, why gratitude? Yes, because of God the Father. Yes, because of the Holy Spirit. But I don't know, kind of capital Y-E-S, because of Jesus, my friend, and my Savior. I always go back to the Gospels. Where, whenever I go to other parts of the Bible to read, I always come back to the Gospels. And when I'm reading about Jesus, I, I just get so excited. I, I sometimes literally get goosebumps, and I just start smiling because I can see Jesus, and I can feel Jesus, and I can, I can hear Jesus. And some days when I sit back and just reflect on the life of Jesus, I get like butterflies in my stomach just because I am so um, in love with him, but also enamored by him and motivated because of him. Without Jesus, I know that the fabric of who I am as a person would begin to unravel. It just would not be the same. I would not be the same person without Jesus. I know that deep in my gut, I get that. And so when I think why gratitude, it comes back to Jesus. It comes from that source. And I feel like that Paul was that way. Uh, Paul truly believed, he said this, but you see it in his life and the way he lived. He believed that before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus and Jesus saved him, that everything in his life up to that point, and let me tell you, Paul had done some amazing things. Look at his, um, uh, look at his biography, uh, look at his credentials, look at his references. Um, he had done some amazing things, but he considered all of that up to that point as garbage, rubbish. And everything else that he accomplished, he did not on his own power, but because of Jesus. Paul truly believed that he lived a before Christ's life and an after Christ's life. And all of his gratitude was based on the afterlife of Christ, after meeting Jesus. And this is why when you read the writings of Paul over and over and over again, he talks about in Christ. That's a, that's a huge phrase for the Apostle Paul. In fact, in many of the beginnings of his book, you cannot get through the beginning without him saying in Christ over and over and over again, because that's what life for Paul was all about. He believed in the yes in Jesus. 
and that was a big part of his gratitude and why he was a grateful person. And so I want today just to, for us to read together and talk about a few points from Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. To me, when I think about Paul expressing gratitude and why gratitude, Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, immediately popped into my mind. This is the first passage that I thought of because Paul expresses himself and expresses his gratitude through these verses. So let's begin in verse 3. Praise be to God and Father of our, and I'm, I've got this up here and I've in, put it in bold, uh, some of these phrases about Jesus in here, okay? So 13 times in 12 verses, Paul mentions Jesus, okay? So all over this passage, he's talking about Jesus. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly realms in Christ. Just as he selected us in Christ from the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In agape love, he decided beforehand to adopt us as his children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glorious grace, that he freely bestowed on us in Christ, whom he loves. Verse 7, in Christ, we have been purchased from slavery by the price of his blood. This is the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of God's grace, which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed beforehand in Christ for his stewardship in the fullness of the appointed time, in order to bring together all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In Christ, we were also appointed, chosen beforehand according to the plan of God, who works out everything according to his purpose and will, in which we who were the first to set our hope in Christ might live to the praise of his glory. You are also included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the good news of the gospel of your salvation. And when you come to faith in Christ, you are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the down payment guaranteeing our inheritance, which he purchased with, a, uh, he, with which he purchased or by which he purchased us out of slavery to become God's possession to the praise of his glory. Now, you'll notice in this passage, Paul mentions God the Father quite often. And he talks about the blessings that God has given us and how he's lavished these blessings on us. And he talks about the Holy Spirit in this passage. There at the end, specifically, we are sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the down payment guaranteeing that of our inheritance in God. But... Throughout all of this, woven in this beautiful tapestry of how God has blessed us, is Christ, in Christ. Thirteen times in twelve verses. And I've written down these, uh, what Paul mentions. Uh, you might want to take a picture of these. But here are the thirteen times where Paul mentions in Christ. I'll just go through these very quickly. 
God has blessed us in Christ. Two, God has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Three, God chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world. That's an amazing thought. I mean, these are things that deserve our reflection. Before God created the world, he already chose us in Christ. And you think, well, how does that even work? Yeah, it's baffling, right? That he had all this planned out about redeeming us through Christ before the foundation of the world. But Christ is in the center of that. Number four, God destined us for adoption as his children in Christ. Number five, God freely bestowed his glorious grace on us in the beloved in Christ. In Christ, number six, we have redemption through Christ's blood. Number seven, in Christ, we have the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us. Number eight, God has made known to us the mystery of his will that he set forth in Christ. And then nine, God will gather up all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. 10, in Christ we have also obtained an inheritance. 11, we who set our hope on Christ might live for the praise of his glory. 12, in Christ you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. 13, you believed in Christ and were marked with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. 12 verses in Christ is mentioned 13 times. Paul speaks of all these promises that we've received in Christ. And Paul, in other places, talks about how all these promises in Christ are guaranteed. They are yes in Jesus. And I think to the why behind gratitude is the source, the source of our gratitude, Jesus. And this was a big takeaway that I took from the lecture that Dr. Harris uh, gave, these three lectures. Dr. Harris said this, I've spent my career teaching people what it means to follow Jesus. And then he says, if I had my career to do over again, I would spend more time helping people to hear the yes that God is saying to them and then take my chances that they would get life worked out. Now the difference there is, and I can relate to this so much, I've spent a lot of my life talking about what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, how to be a disciple of Jesus, what you got to give up and what you got to do. And I want to spend more time talking about the yes that we have in Jesus, because that's the motivation. If you get the yes right, you know why you're doing it, then there's not really a need for me to say, read your Bible daily. There's not a need for somebody to say, come out to church and be a part of the community. There's not a need for someone to say, pray, because pray will just be a part of your life. There's no need for someone to say, you know, stop being so angry, because Jesus will be your motivator. The yes in Christ. And I hope that this study will help us see that. Why be grateful? Because of Jesus. And if you need to tweak the generosity quote, quote in, in your life, go to Jesus. Jesus will help you there. Um, I don't think it's bad to talk about discipleship. I don't think it's bad to talk about what it means to follow Jesus. 
I certainly know that there are times where we need to talk about these kind of things, but I think it's more important that we get the why. Why follow Jesus? Because God has said yes to us. And you know, that's not just important for me, but it's important for our whole church culture. In the early days of our church culture, I feel like one of the things that we wanted to do was distinguish ourselves from other churches to show that we were different. And one, one easy way to do that is by saying, we have a different lifestyle than what you see in other churches. Or we have a different doctrine than what you see in other churches. Come look at our lives. Come look at our doctrine. When probably the better thing would have been to say, come find Jesus in our community. And you know what? It's not bad to talk about lifestyle. It's not bad to talk about doctrine. Paul does it. He says, watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 1 Timothy 4.16, most of us have that verse memorized. We memorized that verse in our studies, but part of the reason why we did is because we wanted this to be distinguishing marks of who we were as a people of God, life and doctrine. But the life and doctrine should be distinguishing marks because of who we are in Jesus. And because every promise of God is yes in Christ. This is a cultural thing that I think that would help us if we changed our mindset a little bit. Um, we've been known as the church that studies the Bible every day. We are the people that pray every day. We are the church that has active small groups. We are the church that baptizes people. We are the church that believes in discipling. We are the church that believes in coming out to church services. We are the church that believes in making disciples. We are the church that believes in funding mission work. We are the church that believes in raising up ministers. What if our calling card behind any of that, if our calling card was simply gratitude? We are the church that's grateful because of Jesus. And then everything else poured out of that, poured out of the fact that we are just head over hills in love with Jesus. That would be such an amazing calling card to have. What if we were known for gratitude? When you visit the Hudson Valley Church, you meet the most grateful people on earth. I mean, they are so happy and their happiness is real because of Jesus. What if uh, everything else that we do in life just flows out of that gratitude? To me, you know, this is what we need to be looking at when we think of gratitude. Why gratitude? Because of Jesus. A couple other powerful verses here. First, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For in him, you see that phrase again? That's a Pauline phrase. Paul says, for in Christ, Every one of God's promises is a yes. For this reason, it is through him, through Christ, that we say amen, which means so be it, or this is, thus it is said, to the glory of God, to the glory of God. But Paul here, this is an amazing verse here. Paul says, every one of God's promises is a yes. But that happens in Jesus, in Christ. 
And what if we live with that attitude that we believe that every promise that God has given, it's yes in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. This, as you know, is a chapter about the resurrection, about death and the resurrection. And at the end of this chapter, at the end of Paul's very long um, discussion or um, words about death and the resurrection, he says, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All God's promises are yes in Jesus. God gives us victory through Jesus. And then in Colossians 2, 6 and 7, Paul wrote, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Receive Christ Jesus as Lord. We're rooted and built up in him. We're established in the faith in him. God's promises are yes in Christ. We have victory in Christ. We are rooted and established in Christ. You see what Paul is doing here? He's saying, remember Jesus. Think about Jesus. Let your, uh, let be abounding in thanksgiving and let it flow from Jesus. When we reflect on the fact that God has guaranteed his promises to us in Christ, then we say yes, because God has said yes. You know, why gratitude? Because of Jesus. When I think of Jesus, it brings me joy. When I think of Jesus, I get emotional. When I think of Jesus, I want to celebrate. And I say amen, so be it. Yes, because of Jesus. You know, I have these feelings at times where I just want to just sort of, you know, explode and say yes or explode and celebrate, and they come with different things. Like, for example, if I'm watching football and I happen to be at home all by myself and um, I, a game's on and it's a close game and my team scores, I erupt and I, I just shout. Nobody can hear me, but... I don't know, the mice that are around in the house. I'm all by myself, but I just explode. And, and often what I do is I pump my fist like this, and I just go, yes! And it just feels so good, you know, because my team just scored, and I know they're going to win. So I go, yes! But do I have that feeling in Jesus? What is that? That's sheer joy. That's just raw emotion. That's just has to be released. I remember the first time I held my children in my hands. It was so special. Lee and I in the hospital room, there was just a, a nurse, maybe the doctor being there. And I remember holding our, our children, our little girl, and then our little boy, and just holding them so carefully, holding them so carefully because I didn't want to break them. I, you know, and I wanted to protect them. And I felt like I just got to do this just right. And so I would cradle them. And I remember looking down on their faces and just crying like a baby, just crying uncontrollably and tears falling down on their faces. Why? Why, why explode an emotion like that? Joy. It was just, it was raw emotion. It was joy. I had to celebrate. 
When I finish, this is me, okay, this is me, not you, this is me. When I finish a truly great novel, and I love to read, and, you know, unfortunately, there just aren't that enough truly great novels. But every now and then, I'll stumble across one, a truly great novel. When I finish a truly great novel, and I've invested this time in it, and I invested my emotions in it, and I'm turning the pages, and I'm falling in love with the characters, and I'm seeing the action, and I'm... Uh, seeing how problems are resolved and these types of things. When I get to the last page, you know what? I don't just, okay, I finished on the shelf. I appreciate the book. I appreciate the writer. I appreciate what went into that. I appreciate the time that I put into it. And so when I turn the last page, I just pause for a minute. And then I close the back cover and then I flip it over. And this is just me. I kiss the front cover of the book. <laughs> I kiss the front cover of the book. And then I find a special place on my shelf because there are not enough truly great novels. And why would I do that? I don't even think about it anymore. I do it because of just joy, raw emotion, because I want to celebrate. And you know what? When I realize that God has chosen me, and when I understand that there are over 9 billion people who live on this planet, and that God has picked me to be his child, when I see one of his promises coming true in my life, when I experience his love for me, when I experience the gentle nudge of the Holy Spirit on my life, I want to say, Thank you. Why? Sheer joy. Just raw emotion. And joy has to be released. Marlene Breyer writes of an author, uh, Brennan Manning, who's a spiritual writer, and I really like his writings. Uh, he understood grace um, and God, saying yes to him in Jesus. He suffered most of his life with addiction. So he understood what it was like to suffer, and he understood what it was like to be saved by grace. Um, there's a book called The Ragamuffin Gospel because he looked at himself as a ragamuffin uh, without God. And he, she writes this, in an online Christianity interview on his, on his book, Ruthless Trust, that's a great book too, Ruthless Trust, Brennan Manning said, and I want you to hear this, when somebody is aware of God's love, the same love that the Father has for Jesus, that person is just spontaneously grateful. Cries of thankfulness welcome the dominant characteristic of the interior life. And the byproduct of gratitude is joy. We're not joyful and then become grateful. We're grateful, and this makes us joyful. So let's learn to say yes to all the yeses that God has promised us in Christ Jesus. Let's learn to say yes and to celebrate Jesus and to be grateful before the, because of Jesus. So let's learn about all of the great promises of God that are revealed in Christ. Why are we grateful? Because of Jesus. And what does that gratitude lead to? It leads to sheer joy, raw emotion, and joy needs to be released. Amen.